Welcome to episode 263 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over in Oakland, California. He was going to be here in studio in San Bruno, California, but he's not. We may talk about that a little later. It's Randy Michael Stat. That's me, baby. Sunday record, August 1st. One month left in Oakland. So uh, if we got any Atlanta listeners, let me know. That's right. Augusto the first. You trying to hook up? What's going on? No, I just need friends that I won't <laughs> hang out with past like 9 p.m. At least you're setting that, you know, the standard up top. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You're, you're not letting, you're not, you're not gilding the daisy. You understand? You're setting the tone. You're letting your future peach tree friends know that, hey. Baby's got to get his rest. <laughs> okay. A <laughs> L- little too strong with that, but what is what that? What is that? I was about to yell at you for your phone because I, I heard the vibration and then I thought it was your phone again. No, Is Leatherface coming <laughs> to kill us? <laughs> Randy, can you hear that? I did, yeah. Sounds like a chainsaw or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good ambient music. What the hell? It's either one of those like little motorcycles or one of the little motorcycles. <laughs> it could you know, be like, a dude. <laughs> that is it's the little motorcycle gang, dude. They that is the <laughs> littlest motorcycle, if that's the case. They're coming to recruit that's, you. If that's a little motorcycle, you could fit five of them on this table. <laughs> also, it sounds like a drone. Uh, no, it's definitely like a weed whacker. It's a weed eater yeah. or a leaf blower. Also, this morning around nine AM, did you hear the lady out in the street yelling? No. It was like, I don't know how a crackhead got up this mountain, but she's like, give me my speaker back. No. She's like, God damn it. And I, I was laying there, and I sounds like, what do you think that is? I'm like, it sounds like a kid getting bullied or something. I was making brekkie. You, I think you were in your room, but uh, you probably had your headphones on. Also that. I looked out, dude. She looked disheveled. She was in duress, and she had a fucking speaker. I'm disheveled right now. The noise <laughs> will not stop. It's not as bad right now. Nah. It reminds me uh, when we were out in San Francisco recording in the garage. Oh. And we get the garbage. A lot of podcast noises (laughs) coming in from that. I like it. Uh, That voice you hear is Russell John, the Fisherman. What up? And Oksana Valerian of Osachi. Hi. Oksana, what is that? It's some kind of chopping device. It's a mouse on a motorcycle. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We're not going to let that go. Some sort of chopping device? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I see a li- Oh, you know what? I think it's a hand sander. I think she's sanding something down. That makes more sense. Directly across the street. Also, yeah. that lady that was yelling, I think I saw her maybe 2 weeks ago fighting with a guy like <gasps> chasing him down the street and he was like trying to get away from her and she was following him like what did i do i didn't do anything and then she threw something at him and all the riffraff they all hang out on that freeway overpass over there i think they they feel like it's the only freedom they can get maybe in the suburbs i have no idea but they all smoke weed out there one dude was like spray painting his car do you remember that shit no yeah they left all the cans on the street yeah i don't know all the riffraff go out there (laughs) Your favorite recording artist. It's true. Mine's Midsize Sedan. Midsize. Oh, baby. Dude, uh, former guest on the show, uh, Kaja, who's one of the uh, event coordinators, now he's doing web design for the library out here. He he texted me. He was like, hey, man, I can't find Midsize Sedan on uh, Spotify. 
Dude, I just I want to hear I just want to hear one verse I of know. a mid-size sedan <laughs> no. song. It's fucking what a good name. It's good in in this context, certainly. Well, fuck. Uh, we're talking about old. Do you want to segue right into it? Well, it depends on if that's Randy's um offering this week. It isn't, but I could briefly talk about it. All okay. right. All right, perfect. That works. Then, then yeah, guys, I, I what I said that cuz I just didn't want to burn your um God damn it. Just getting louder. <laughs> do you want it's me to close? I can close the window. Oxana, yeah. you want to close the window? That, I, I'll cut it, your mic. This is awful. All right. Also, I bet all of that noise dropped out when I shut her mic off because she's right by the window. We got to shut the window. All right. Well, do you want to uh, take this opportunity and introduce a uh, old new segment? Because Randy's going to be partaking in a Randy... Uh, All right, here we go. Are you ready? Because we, we got a stinger, Randy. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. No ready? pun intended for... <laughs> it's Randy's retread. It's <laughs> a pretty good stinger. <laughs> oh, man. I enjoyed that. Too much. Also, we've been sitting on that stinger for like weeks now. So, <laughs> really? I'm excited. Brandon, do you know how many? <laughs> do you know how many car crash drops we had to play to get this right one? Twenty-two. We probably spent a half hour. Yeah, probably going over. And that's just me and him. Lord knows how many he had. You know, done just on his own. <laughs> but you know, we wanted to find the right one. All right, can we do it again? All right, I think you found one. it. Here we go. It's Randy's Retread. Yes, welcome to Randy's Retread. This is um, the segment where I talk about a film that someone else already talked about on the show previous weeks. I finally saw Knight's new movie, Old. I saw the new Knight movie, Old, at noon. A lot of time situations going on there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. I was mostly along for the ride for most of it. Um, I really, you know, I think Knight is very good with uh visuals and camera movements like that first scene well not the first scene but the scene where they first get to the hotel and the camera uh is like on a track and it's kind of like going like back and forth and you can kind of see like time passing like within the hotel room uh yeah. was really interesting and a lot of just like there's a lot of camera movement within the film uh especially yeah even on the uh the beach that makes you old there's a lot of cool camera work uh, you do sometimes get that weird effect where, like, the camera is rotating too fast for, like, the 24 frames uh, that it's, like, shooting at. So it gets, like, kind of blurry and weird. So that was kind of distracting. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. I've seen that a lot, actually, in movies. I think I noticed it in It Follows as well. It's been a while since I've revisited that. But, yeah, I tend to see that a lot. And I don't, I, it seems weird. It's like, why don't you just slow down the pan uh, yep. a little bit or whatever? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a uh, a good visual um, filmmaker. However, I don't know what the ending of the movie was. It seems like it had nothing to do really with the rest of the movie. You know, there's a lot of themes of like aging and just like existential shit in the movie. There's some pretty uh, like beautiful scenes, although they're, you know, using kind of like old makeup to make people look old. It can be kind of goofy, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. There's some some 
good stuff in it. But yeah, then the uh, the ending happened, and I was like, ah, that's it. It's like it doesn't really have to do anything with any of the themes of the movie. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Yeah. But yeah, uh, what were you looking for? A big twist? Not really. It just I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was resonating with like anything else that was in the movie, really. Yeah, they did have the um, they did acknowledge that they were being watched on the beach. So when it yeah. came up, I don't know, a lot of people were like, oh, that twist was weak. And I'm like, how it wasn't even a, it's twist. Not even a twist, really. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've been getting a lot of DMs about old and uh, the consensus with people I'm talking to is the graphic novel has a better ending. I'm sure it does. Yeah. That's what, I've That's heard what I'm as saying. Well, yeah. I, I am. I am very interested uh, to learn more about the graphic novel and people who are fans of the graphic novel and then people who watched old, mm-hmm. because I guarantee you the the Venn diagram of people who like both is going to be very small. Yeah. Yeah. I got to read it. I want to read it so bad because though. Lord knows, you know, but there's beauty in his bastardization of this graphic novel. I saw it for the second time uh, last week when I was in Phoenix because of a snafu with the scheduling at the hotel room, because apparently the night before I got there, they had fully booked. So they did not have a room ready for me. So I had to spend (laughs) four hours on my own. Um, So I went, I walked a mile for breakfast. Fortunately, they let me keep my luggage at the hotel. So I walked a mile in luggage with socks and flip flops on. Okay. Um, Get there to a highly overrated uh, breakfast joint that um, they it's one of those of like, you know, the brunch thing is is big on Sunday mornings. Right. Mm -hmm. But in this place, like. It's very it's very cute inside, and that's a that's red flag number one. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I think it's a small local chain there. It's called First Watch and (laughs) they have I know, right? Some big brothers. They have all of their pancakes and waffles are whole grain no (laughs) so that's what we're dealing with here and i got home fries that were not fully cooked horrible wait so you're fucking sandaled up sweaty ass walked in there and sat down and got whole grain now fortunately here's the other thing i forgot to mention thunderstorms in phoenix this day Oh, so it wasn't so it was raining, but I was able to um, I caught a pocket of not rain while I was walking. Was it humid? It was a little muggy and it was super muggy in this awful movie theater. I saw old. Oh, so I saw. So apparently the big theater chain in Phoenix is Harkins. Okay, And yeah, where I am in Phoenix is um, sort of a deserted area of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's northern Phoenix and it's a little, little rough. <laughs> and um, the closest theater near me is a movie theater in a dead mall. Mm-hmm. So the mall shut down, I believe, last summer during COVID, but no one told the mall. <laughs> oh and God. so, like, they're still technically open, but dude, it makes Tanferan look like the Ritz Carlton. So did you walk in an abandoned mall with like your mask on? So I went in. So so the mall's connected, but like there's nothing, you know, there and you go into the theater and it's it's a weird scenario where all the theaters are on the sides, but you go in and there's immediately an escalator to the bottom floor. But my theater was on the big theater on the top floor, but there were no concessions on the top floor. Everything's at the bottom where the smaller theaters are. Okay. Mm-hmm, following that logic. <laughs> then we go downstairs. Now there's air conditioning here in the lobby, but dude, in the theater, it was rough. 
It was muggy and stuffy and probably about 82 degrees in the theater. Uh, but you, I went to go get a Diet Dr. Pepper. I had to tell this gentleman three times I wanted a Diet Dr. Pepper. He, said, he kept saying Diet Coke. I said, <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper. Now, this was the first movie of the day. This is at noon on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Already, the back was filled with popcorn on the floor. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It flies were everywhere. Oh, it was nice. awful, Gross. man. But the second viewing was was not wasn't as fun as the first one. Um, the the rewatchability of old is is um, not uh, not too strong as well, you could probably imagine. I imagine that you know you were probably looking forward to it because you enjoyed it, but not for the existential horror, but for like the cat like antics of absurdity. Which Randy, how did you feel about uh, our Bonitis broad? Oh, I thought her uh, death scene was was great did you laugh <laughs> yeah a little bit but it was also like kind of horrifying at the same time <laughs> i call her spider baby why what do you have brittle bones or were you worried you're like man if i pick up a boulder that could happen to me <laughs> yeah i don't know just kind of like imagining like you know if this were real if you were one of those kids watching that happen I don't know. Just like trying would, to like I would be in there. <laughs> well, it was so a uh, fucking absurd that her bone would break and then heal in like a crooked man esque labyrinthine body by the end of it. Yeah, and she was rolling around. She, it looked like she was picking up speed. <laughs> I don't know. I my jaw was on the floor when that was happening. Oh. I think I forgot to breathe during that scene. So, Randy, what, 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 do you, what do you think about this? I mean, upon my second viewing, you know, I knew where the beats were going to happen. So I yeah. kind of tried to follow. Um, I tried to, you know, come in with a different viewpoint of everything. And every, yeah, it's, it's an absolute mess. And that ending <laughs> is just like I said, he, it's not a spoon feeding. It is, he's taking you to his breast and putting his nipple in your mouth and feeding <laughs> you directly. Like, there's no spoon feeding. Uh, just having the journals there on the beach and then like, you know, the, the, you know, the tales of like, oh, the silverware, it's rust. And then she stabs him with rust. By the way, we're spoiling old. So uh, <laughs> prepare yourself. And then the poison goes through. Like, but that yeah. fight, the fight scene when Gabriel Garcia Bernal is blind and his oh, wife yeah. is deaf. And they're fighting uh, a person who clearly has, you know, um, some sort of severe mental disorder. Now, Russell, did you want to cue that up? Yeah, I didn't know if you want to do it now or later when you're... Yeah, let's uh, do it now. All right, you want to play it right... Uh, it needs a little bit of setting up. Okay. So, wait, what's the exact clip? Well, I okay, so me and Clark were talking earlier, and um, we did a little bit of research. Actually, you want to read the article? Okay. I have so, it pulled up. So there is a reference. So one of the characters in the film is a surgeon and he's a chief medical officer and he is also a um, heart surgeon as well. And he is a very well-to-do gentleman. He has a, um, you know, a one could assume an Instagram famous wife and he brings along his six-year-old child and his elderly mother um, and they are invited to go on this private beach. Now, slowly... Uh, we start to see the de-evolution of this character's mental capacity, where he starts, he, he has a position of a lot of power, but also brings a lot of stress. So he sort of has a breakdown. 
And as a part of his breakdown, he keeps just mentioning things like there's a there's a scene in the film where he has to perform surgery on um, the mother who has a tumor that keeps growing. And they decide that they want to take the tumor out. And right before he starts the surgery on the beach, he says, what was that movie with Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando? And then his wife says, "Uh oh, <laughs> and then another character says, is he OK? And she's like, uh huh, because she knows that he has some sort of, uh, you know, uh, nervous breakdowns and, and, you know, tendencies in that matter. So it plays a big part in the movie that he keeps bringing up. Um, this movie, Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando. And in the movie, they never name it, but the name of that movie is The Missouri Breaks. So Russell found an article to to try to find a little bit of backstory of why Shyamalan decided to use that particular movie. So, you want me to read this? Yeah. Um, so this is from Screen Rant. Yep. And uh, what's the? can you scroll up just a bit? I want to read the uh, the title here. Old, the Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson movie Obsession Explained. You start up here. Okay. As strange as the obsession with Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando shared credit might seem, it's actually based on a real anecdote from Shyamalan's life. In an interview with Fox 5 Washington, D.C., the director revealed that Charles's dialogue, Charles is the character in the film, uh, is lifted almost verbatim from conversations he had with his father, Dr. Shyamalan. I'm not going to, Dr. <laughs> N.C. Shyamalan. <clears throat> I've never seen it. It's from my dad, who actually has some dementia, and he would not stop talking about Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando, this movie that they were in. I was like, Dad, I have never seen it. And he goes, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando. And he keep going on and on about it. And I was like, Dad, I'm putting this in a movie if you keep talking about this. <laughs> and he did. For me, it represents this thing that someone's holding on to for their sanity. Everyone must know that these are two of the greatest actors of all time. Why doesn't anyone know this? And so they can't understand this, but they are holding on to it. It was just sort of a funny, sad, beautiful thing about my dad and cinema. So I, that's a that's a that's a nice little story. I know. Yeah, it's not nice that his dad has dementia, but I thought he was doing like a Tarantino, like oh, the poetry in this movie was lost on people, and I'm going to revitalize it. And I was kind of like, you fucking idiot. And then I, I found this article and I went, oh, damn. So I <laughs> so I did not try to search an article. Instead, what I decided to do was watch the Missouri Breaks yeah. to see if anything in there sort of went over into old. All right. Obviously, it does not. And you're going to do that in your review section? I'll talk a little bit about... Yeah, I'll split I'll split the baby. Oh, split. Another nice. uh, Shyamalan. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. I don't know. There's some, there's some good stuff in old. I just think it's so bananas and silly. And I just had fun with it. I still had fun with it the second time. Well, um, do you want to play the clip from uh, Missouri Breaks? Oh, man. Uh, say, save a, it. Okay, I'll save, save it, it. But when I talk about it. But whew, the Missouri Breaks. That's a, that's a whole nother bag of something all right randy you got anything else on old uh no all right you, you gonna watch it again probably not i would <laughs> i would maybe watch it again with people but i wouldn't just like go to the movies again at noon by myself to go see it yeah how, how many stars i have a guess and it's fairly optimistic three that's exactly what i have i, I actually yeah. thought two and a half i was kind of shocked you were you're down for it Randy, I think you should give Cats a try. When we come out to Atlanta to visit you, we're going to watch Cats. Yeah. Maybe. It's based in Atlanta, dude. 
All right. Now, uh, they're Atlanta cats. We've spent far too much time talking about old. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I, I just mean in general. Um, so I got some quick news I want to do. And of course, with, uh, Again, I'm going to say this now, uh, TBR we're going to do later on in the week, so we're not doing that today. Instead, I've created another stinger for, uh, I don't know, um, news of the week. Breaking news of the week. It's breaking news with <laughs> Russell Fisher. That's my favorite. I, I just love playing music and then having you like restate what the segment's called. It's like one of my favorite things we do now. Anyway, uh, to just recap a bunch of shit, we were on SeltzerCast, uh, which, God, the turnaround time on the episode was great. Uh, I think he posted it later that night. And Clark, again, we talked about old on there. Um, and Randy called me a racist because I confabulated Get Out With Us. Uh, thank you for that, Randy. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but it's a fair point. And once you pointed it out, I instantly was overcome with uh, anxiety shivers. <laughs> like, wow, I fucking misrepresented our show. Um, also, we actually had a, held up to a deadline for once in our uh, life and we got a uh, blu-ray tuesday up for terrell i w- <laughs> oxana i was looking at you when i mentioned the deadline thing that was not a shot in any way i don't believe you i swear to god there <laughs> I, I mean it uh, um i'm guilty of deadlines too if we want to pull back the curtain a little bit i uh what called randy three times today bumping our <laughs> recording back because i kept stumbling on clips i wanted to go over so again um the new blu-ray tuesday thing i think we're gonna do that either probably weekly i should be weekly. i can't believe we added more on to all the fucking shit we do but um yeah trails on youtube now so go i don't know check it out then um another thing that we haven't mentioned for three weeks because this is how good we are at promoting a five submissions are open. So if you're sitting on a found footage movie or you have some inspiration, it's on there. It's on film freeway. I, we, we're terrible. It, it's been open for a month now, but uh, yeah. So go on there. Also, I briefly wanted to touch on uh, comic con home where they had a uh, panel discussion with people uh, recording VHS 94, which is the movie I'm air quoting now uh, set to revitalize the found footage genre. These fucking idiots. Anyway, dude, the lineup for it is great. Of course, I'm going to say that, and I don't have the names in front of me, but uh, off the top of my head, Simon Barrett's doing a segment in there. And uh, I actually, I got a clip from one of our boys, uh, Ryan Prowse, talking about his segment. So let's hear from him. Uh, Mine's called Terror, and uh, it's about a a lovable uh, militia goose who uh, get their hands on a supernatural uh, element that they uh, plan to use as a weapon to, of course, spell the the U.S. government and uh, scary hilarity ensues. Now, if anybody else was doing a segment on militia goose, I would be kind of like, oh, no. I was really wondering what that word was because it sounded like militia goof racial slur. No. (laughs) And I was confused. No, if anybody knows how to talk about like racism with like nuance <laughs> it's fucking ryan and again because he directed uh your favorite film low life yeah which uh features a man with a giant swastika tattoo on his face who then becomes the most lovable character in the movie if anybody can do it it's him but i also wanted to point out he he briefly mentioned his influences for making his segment and i just want to play that uh listen closely clark i uh i was looking at a lot of like 
documentary stuff, militia specific, scary as hell uh, doc from like, I think it was like a HBO thing or something that was like called Skinhead USA um, from kind of around that time. And uh, there's a newer one called Welcome to Leaf. Welcome to Leaf. That's our boy, Michael Beach Nicholas. We got two guests on the show. All right. Also, a guest that we decided not to interview is also doing a segment in that show. I, I can't remember why. I think we had a schedule confliction, but uh, Jennifer Kent was slated to be on here. And then her, yeah. what was, she did, not, I always, there's the so many knives. Knives and skin, Jennifer Reader. Jennifer Reader. Uh-huh. Oh, am I, why well, I said Jennifer Kent? Oh my. You might have confabulated some names. Yeah. That's Dude. The, that's the bubble. That's wishful thinking. Cause I remember. Uh, I'm the king of wishful thinking. Okay. No, but I have a Jennifer Reader on here talking about her segment too. Yeah. And I guess the wraparound, um, which I understand um, coming into this project notoriously has been the most disliked aspect of of so many of the VHSs, but I hope I've I've risen to the the occasion, to the challenge. Um, But in this case, yeah, it's it's a a sort of a Daffy um, SWAT like a SWAT drug unit that um, enters a warehouse expecting to find a super lab. Yeah. So knives and skin. She's doing the wraparound. She's doing the wraparound. Interesting. And in that interview, she talks about like, you know, I'm mostly known for doing like avant-garde art house kind of like, I don't know, stylized dude. Her doing the wraparound has me fucking excited. What's the wraparound in two? In okay, VHS one is the one where it's all the like prankster kids, yeah, in the like, house, yeah, and they like sexually assault that girl in a parking garage. Yeah, that one felt like the ugliest to me. Uh, I don't it, remember two. Is two the one with the private eye who uh, is Simon Barrett? He's like spying on Simon Barrett in a hotel room, and then he comes to the door naked. That makes more sense. Yeah, it, that's the one with the private eye where they find like the stash of uh, videos. Three is the kids, and there's like three a barbecue is, or something. Three is viral. Good luck figuring that shit out. It was yeah. so dumb. It was like a police report thing. God, three was so bad. Yeah, but um, that's what I'm saying. It's not revitalizing the film. I mean, here's the thing. I think so. You're referencing a, um an article that you know was building up VHS 94, saying that it is revitalizing the yeah. film footage genre. Well, I think that it's going to revitalize the VHS franchise. I think that's a better way of putting that's it. That's fair because yeah. viral was. Not too good. Virals. You know, I think back on it, and I remember talking a lot of shit on the magician segment in the beginning. I mean, how could you not? I don't know. I feel like I want to give it another shot. Now, I don't know. Bone Storm is great. Yeah, Bone Storm. Yeah, I know. We, uh, Bone St- I love Bone Storm. That's all we talked about I'm- with uh, <laughs> when they were on the show. And they were like, hey, we're going to talk about our new movie. And we said, nope. <laughs> we're good. Weird. I don't remember talking to those filmmakers. Yeah. I think I've repressed it. Um. Yeah, but that's all the new stuff. I every time we record these, I always think, oh, I should have plugged blank. So maybe maybe the news thing will become regular. Maybe not. That's that's all I got. You wanna go uh should we let in our guest? Yep. All right, it's time. All right, all right, come on in. Good morning. It's August one, two thousand twenty one, and it's a Sunday. Let's just Sit quietly for a moment and get used to the fact that it's August already. Uh, it's a radio show. 
<laughs> Dude. David? You okay, man? You know he's big in the meditation, Dude, right? Dude, get up. David. It's a bit? You really big in the TM. No, really, what, what's happening right now? I think he's trying to attain nirvana. His head's on the table. You know, we, we all meditate in different forms. Everyone, oh. have a great day. All right, all right. Good, good seeing you, David. Now, some of you might think that, like, we're not paying him enough, because he's flying out here. That was not edited in any way. There was a hard 30 seconds of dead air. And I wish it was edited. <laughs> he came off of the great one last week, too. Last week was top three. Last week was two words. Coffee time. Made an impression. Two words. <laughs> coffee time. Yeah. Have a good day. We tell him Randy's moving and he wants to do a fucking seance on here. I don't. Man almighty. It's All taking right. a moment of silence. <laughs> Are you about to die? Do you remember everyone who died Probably. on August 1st? <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Uh, anything else? Let's throw it to the Randog. Yes, sir. So last week I talked about a uh, Twitch stream, the uh, username The Donut King. This past week I watched a documentary on Hulu, also called The Donut King. They have nothing to do with each other besides mm. uh, donuts are involved. Clark, you may have heard um, Andrew Santino talk about this as well this past week. I have seen the advertisement for the Donut King. I have not uh, partaken. Okay. Well, yeah, it's on Hulu now. It's like it's like 90-minute documentary um, directed by Alice Gu. Um, it tells the story. <laughs> Alice Gu, G-U. Oh. Oh, the creator of Gugon. Yeah. <laughs> Gubigon. Um, but yeah, this, uh, it tells the story of this uh, man named Ted. He is uh, Cambodian. And about how he came to California um, as a refugee from Cambodia and, um, you know, was doing jobs here and there. Then he got in with um, the Wenchel's Donut franchise and learned how to make donuts there. And from there, he decided to open up his own shop. Um, and then from there, he decided to kind of um, kind of start like a program where he was taking on um, other refugees from Cambodia, bringing them to America, uh, training them in the craft of making donuts, uh, getting them a shop, giving them a pretty good percentage. Um, and then he just made like a, a big old chain of donuts, uh, donut shops for all these um, Cambodians that were, you know, escaping pretty harsh conditions um, from where they were living um, at the time. So yeah, it's, uh, he basically opened up, I think he had about 62 donut shops um, where throughout california mostly socal i think they used to be called christie's donuts um but yeah what happened he, to her? <laughs> i don't know where the name came from actually i don't know <laughs> if i missed that or if that was just the name he just came up with but i think the girl that was murdered by all those cambodians <laughs> maybe <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a really um sweet story about uh just this dude who just came over to america to you know um find you know sort of better better living conditions and stuff and really um, became very enterprising and helped all these other people to come over. Um, it does get a little bit sad. Uh, there's a little bit of a rise and fall uh, situation with Ted. Um, he is heavily featured in the movie, so he is, uh, he's still with us. But uh, yeah, it's really good. It kind of talks about how earlier, um, I don't know, in like the 60s or 70s, 
uh, Dunkin' Donuts was like trying to make their way to California, but they didn't really have as much money as they do now. And how basically Ted's like donut shops, uh, pretty much because there were so many and they were in like such good locations, um, and you know they served a better product and everything. Um, basically, just drove Dunkin' uh, out of California back Dang. then until they came um, back. You know, several were, years ago, they were punkin' Dunkin', dude. dude. They they yeah. uh, they drove out Big Donut. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was cool, interesting <laughs> part of the story. Um, as well, but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really really solid documentary. Uh, kind of emotional and um, yeah, just a good story. Um, yeah, and lots of donuts and kind of talks about um, sort of how you know you got the voodoo donut type thing. You got all these like trendy sort of shops doing like crazy donuts, and so sort yeah. of how the younger generation of these older Cambodian um, people. Um, so a lot of their kids are like. There was just like one girl that like went to school to like be a doctor, but she still like ended up working at the donut shop and she's like running their social media and like telling them like how to do all these like new kind of fancy donuts and stuff and kind of like evolving the business. So they like still uh, stay in business. So I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Now you said he fell on hard times. Is that, <laughs> is that a financial um, issue yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. He, uh, he kind of gets a gambling problem. Oh, there it is. Michael yeah. Jordan style. There it is. But he had this like huge, like massive house in like LA and he had like, I think he said he had like 50 people living there, like Cambodian people that he brought over um, at one point. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a mansion in LA. Like he made, he was like a millionaire um, off yeah, of just okay. donuts. Yeah. So then, here's my thing. So yeah. why did he not get his teeth fixed during that time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> he doesn't care about that type of thing. You gotta tear. You gotta. You gotta take care of your teeth before you take care of fifty Cambodians <laughs> in your house in Southern California. Now, I, I'm glad you mentioned Voodoo Donut too. On IMDb, when you look at the uh, front page, it has a still from the trailer, and it looks like that's a fucking Voodoo Donut. We got Captain Crunch uh, yeah. on top, and yeah, like so. Are they doing like that cute kind of like gimmicky stuff, or? Um. Oh. Yeah, it kind of talks about that just a little bit towards the end. Um, yeah, basically, like I said, just how they're kind of like evolving to sort of, you know, stay in business and not get overrun by Duncan and trendy ass donut shops. Now, I got to ask you the question I ask both of you whenever you watch documentaries. Are we dealing with mostly a talking head situation here? Or do we have like cool archival footage? Is there him fleeing Cambodia like handheld animation? Uh, mostly talking head stuff. If you see the poster on the uh, IMDb. There is not a ton of that, but that sort of style, like almost like comic-y art um, throughout the movie to kind of animate some of the stuff. Um, not a ton of animation. Um, there is some like archival footage of just, um, yeah, Cambodia back in the day. And he, the documentary crew, crew follows him there and kind of like does some, some of the interviews there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty um, basic when it comes towards like the format of the documentary, but the, uh, now, the content is it- solid. Does it make you want donuts? It does. And I did have a donut yesterday. Just one. Didn't you? Randy don't nut. (laughs) I had a uh, raised maple donut from Colonial Donuts in Oakland. Oh, I love a raised maple. It was pretty good. You you can't throw out a word like raised and then 
you know, you're, you're teeing up these balls here, and I want. What, what, what's your go-to? You donut? Like, you like a mape? I don't know. I I like them all. So really, it's like whatever is on the top of the menu. I feel like so maple is not like a popular flavor back home. Okay, but every every place out here, maple's big. Well, maple's one of those in between when you get a dozen. It's like, yeah. oh, the chocolate are gone. There's glaze. There's the plain one. Who, again, who the fuck ever orders those? And then, you know, they'll have like maple and like the sugar crumb one. And those kind of became like big ones on me. My go-to if I have to choose is, is a chocolate iced. Okay. I love just a regular chocolate iced. I like all the uh, too big that they take up like two donut orders, like the cinnamon bun or the roll. I also the like fritter. The fritter. Yeah. Or like those long eclair kind of things. Bear like, claw. Bear claw, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a glutton. Oh, such. I like jelly filled. I also like the jelly filled. <laughs> I have a question though. So, Voodoo Donuts is premiering a pickle donut. I'm in. It's got pickles <laughs> and ketchup. Nope, I'm out. Huh. I don't know what the actual donut is flavored like. <sighs> the ketchup's going to bring probably a little bit of sweetness, but that's why I don't want it. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Is, would you taste it? Yeah, I would taste it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's just, all right. So what's the icing? Is it pickle icing? <laughs> got, I think it's just glazed. It looks like a glazed donut. No, but what is the glaze? The, what Sugar? Is the, what is the flavor of the glaze? Okay. Don't speak about food because you don't. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we're looking at here is a donut and then there's some sort of, uh, is that green glaze? I don't know what color that is. It's hard for me. To no, it's like regular glaze. Brown. Like pink? Pink? What? <laughs> that, that's not pink? No, it's No, brown. it's just regular glaze. It's just... It, right, regular glaze is not a thing. It has to be a flavor. <laughs> if, if, it's if, like a maple color, like brownish. Okay. Well, I just oh, want to yeah. know what the flavor of that is. And then you've got pickles on there, and then they've, they've added a little sh- few streaks of ketchup. Also, those pickles look like they're sweet and sour. I mean, excuse me, they look like sweet pickles. <laughs> those do not look like dill pickles to me. They look like sweet pickles, so... Honestly, it looks good. Interesting. I hate that it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I would eat it. No, no, I'm all for experimentation. Um, Randy, now last question on your weird uh, donut movie. Uh-huh. How, how did you watch this because of that goddamn Twitch stream you're into? Sort of. I also heard that this movie was really good from <laughs> other people. So I had heard of it previously, and then I saw it was on Hulu uh, the other week, and I finally decided to watch it. All right, how many stars? Uh, 3.5, maybe? Yep. I forget yeah, what I gave it. Zone. Probably 3.5. Clark's comfort zone. It's five. That's my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever looked at my letterbox? I've kind of, you know, I'm kind of in a mode now where y'all, like, put so much pressure on me to, like, to, you know, to fucking come back and conform to all these standards of like, ooh, you know, a proper film should be. And, you know, I'm over here just having a good time in the theater watching old. Dude, no, I'm the same way. <laughs> Don't put me in that camp. No, but you say my reviewing strategy is all jacked up. I don't. Yeah, because your three is practically a one. Well, my three is. Okay, yeah. Don't don't try it's, and trick it's me. It's confusing. Don't try and confuse me with words. The thing is, I have a lot of fives out there and I've just I'm leaning into it now. I it's love fine. it. I fucking love a movie. I'm going to give it a five. It's great. I have no no problems here. <laughs> All right, Randy, anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. So, uh, let's start with uh, what we have teased already. So, Russell, if you want to prepare that uh, link, I got it. we'll get to it here. Okay. 
So, as we were talking about earlier in the episode, um, the film The Missouri Breaks plays a fairly uh, featured role in Old. Um, as I said, it is not mentioned. It's just mentioned as the Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando movie. Um, and then I discovered that it was The Missouri Breaks, which I had not seen, so I decided to watch The Missouri Breaks, available now on Amazon Prime. Missouri Breaks is directed by Arthur Penn and stars Marlon Brando, Jack Nicholson, and good old Randy Quaid has a good role in this, as well as my guy, Harry Dean Stanton. Randy Quaid's named nice. Little Todd? Yeah. Dude. Dude. Let me tell you something. Randy Quaid is great as Little Todd <laughs> because Little Todd is a little idiot. <laughs> and uh, spoiler alert, he dies in the movie He because he, he can't swim and he drowns um, in the river because Marlon Brando kills him. All right. So this is a very strange movie. <laughs> it's. I enjoyed it. To a certain extent. Well, you got big people in there. Nicholson and Brando. So it takes it takes probably, what, a half hour, 45 minutes before we get Brando in. And then when Brando shows up, good lord. I don't... <laughs> I can't... Brando's doing his Brando thing. It's it's sort of, he's just he's just doing whatever he wants to do. He's being a dick. His accent changes. <laughs> um, he, he starts off as like this... Irish dandy. Yeah. And he's wearing these flamboyant <laughs> costumes. <laughs> and he's supposed to be this bounty hunter that brings it. So, what happens? Here's the plot of the movie um, Jack Nicholson and Harry Dean Stanton sort of run this outlaw gang. And they, one of their guys, gets caught by this mayor in this western town. And they hang one of the guys from the gang. And um, Randy Quaid was actually there and saw this guy get hanged, but they didn't know that Randy Quaid was a part of that gang. Randy Quaid, of course, is Little Todd. And so <laughs> Little Todd goes back to the gang and says that uh, this kid got killed, and then Jack Nicholson gets upset. So um, they decide that they want to seek revenge. But before they seek revenge, they go and rob a train. And they've never robbed a train before because they're like... We, we don't rob trains and robbing trains. That's, I mean, then you got the heat on you. We don't want the heat on you, do you, little Todd? <laughs> but they go and rob the train anyway. Well, it doesn't go exactly how they planned because when they rob the train, they're on, uh, they're on like a giant bridge over a canyon. Mm -hmm. And then they detach the train car of the rest of the train. And then they are stuck on this giant train trussle over like 200 feet. Oh. And so then Jack Nicholson has to climb down this train bridge and then they drop the money and then they have to pick up all the money. The score, I believe it is scored by John Williams and yeah, it, it is, is a strange score. I, I almost pulled the intro theme because it's fucking good. And then I was like, you know, maybe I should check and make sure we're not going to get flagged for it. Oh, John Williams. I'm like, nope, dumped it. The theme, the theme is good. It's good, but the rest of the score is very strange because it, like, it will do like this playful thing of don't, 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 ding, oh. don't. It's weird. It's like leading. Yeah, and tonally, this thing is a mess. 
All right, so then they go into the town, and then they actually kill the mayor's right-hand man. And so then he, the mayor gets mad. Also, <laughs> his daughter falls in love with Jack Nicholson. That is a weird dynamic, because they go, they do the, come here, come here, come here, go away, go away, go away. It's for half the movie. I, it's I, very annoying. So when I was mining this thing for a clip, I kind of got to that point. Oh, I, I, I tried to watch it. Oh, I ended up doing too much this morning, but there's a moment where she gets off a horse in the riding. She's like, do you want me? Do you want to make love right now? And Jack Nicholson's on his horse and he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, do I have to come over there and pull you off? He's like, you better not. I don't want to do that. And then she's like, all right, fine. Then we're done. And he's like, can I get a kiss? And she's like, you don't even know me. It's it's weird. And then she cries because he <laughs> rejects her. And she's like, don't you want me? Yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. It's a manic movie. Yeah. All right. So then enter Dragon. Marlon Brando. Because Marlon Brando is sort of a bounty hunter and he comes in to try to figure out who killed this guy. And man, so he shows up. What is his name? His name is Robert E. Lee Clayton. Yep. <laughs> And he shows up and he's got the Marlon Brando lisp thing, but he's doing like a Irish brogue kind of, but he's like a dandy boy. Yeah, he's like, he's an example of how you could have fucked up Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Yeah. Where it's like too much character and it's all weird. It's, it's not working. very weird. But it's entertaining. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, I mean, when he's on screen, you're like, all right, <laughs> don't know what's happening now. And, like, you know, I, I don't know what the actual dialogue was supposed to be for him. I'm sure he just did whatever he wanted to do and got $30 million and <laughs> went about his day. Um, movie's a mess, but it, it's sort of a fun mess at times. Did you play Red Dead Redemption? Yes, uh, very little. Okay, because that train robbery, I'm like, you know, when I, I played the hell out of that game, I honestly, I'd, I'd still be playing it if, like, I had just you know, unemployment life or something. And they pull so much from like Western cinema and like, just like movie moments that are so like deep cut. It's like, Oh, unless you're like a Jimmy Stewart fan in a Western, you're never going to catch that. This game's named after. And that moment you described, I'm like, dude, it vaguely sounds like they may have recreated that in red dead. Yeah. And, um, man, I fucking love it. It makes me want to play the game again. But also, Westerns are weird, man. They're like melodramas. They have a lot of a great uh, visual juxtaposition for, like, you know, looking at cinema. And then they turn into long, drawn-out dramas. And uh, I don't know if I would have pulled a clip if you didn't guide me. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know which clip you pulled, so let's see. I basically, I, um, you could set up that scene. I just pulled a 30-second, uh, a best of, basically. There's a little moment I condensed. Okay, which bit. scene are we talking about? Uh, the tub. Okay. Rub a dub dub. So Marlon Brando in a dub. So Jack Nicholson knows that uh, Marlon Brando is on to him. Uh, they were playing coy for a while, oh. but then Marlon Brando burnt down his house and killed <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> so Jack Nicholson's like, "All right," <laughs> and so he storms into the hotel where Robert E. Lee Clayton is, and Robert E. Lee Clayton is taking a bath. All right, you want to go into it? So here we go. Where's your cabbage-shooting Mexican pistola with flowers on the handle, Robert Lee? Why don't you go get it? Well, that settles it. I'm not that hungry, and I'll stay here till someone fetches me who cares about me welfare. 
and a blows in the heart. Dry gulching piece of floating slime. There's a babe in the tub here. Innocent and... Get up! Get up! I want to lie here and lose. No dinner. No nothing. (laughs) It's like they're not even in the same conversation. Well, it's great. You get that, like, the shining Jack Nicholson freaking out, and Brando's, like, in the tub doing a, like, oh, succulent Chinese yeah. dinner. <laughs> Eating a meal. <laughs> a succulent Chinese meal. So he doesn't kill him in the tub. He, he should have, uh, because more shenanigans happen. So he just shoots the tub. He shoots the tub, then leans over, and uh, Marlon Brando's in a bubble bath. And he takes a big scoop of bubbles and goes, you're not even here and yeah. leaves the room. And I'm like, that's a weak ass line. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that this movie went that like it got that ridiculous. And then you kind of had like a man reaction to it. You're like, it was boring. Well, because it's too long. It's two hours and it's just. Um, it's a mess. But it, it's there's entertaining pockets. Do you think it would be fun with the crowd? You think you got randied here and you were alone? And I I don't know. It's 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 mm, it's kind of tough. John Williams, Marlon Brando, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Randy Quaid, like, and again, like this easily could have yeah. been a, a this Shyamalan. may be the best thing Randy Quaid's done. He's great as little Todd, and I shouldn't watch it. I mean, and, I started Harry, it. I I know I, I think you should. Um, also, Harry Dean Stanton's great. There's some good stuff in here. It's just, it's weird having Nicholson in a Western, which I know he's done uh, Gold Rush, um, and that's the only other well, one Easy I can Rider. Think of. I mean, I know it's kind no. of its own subgenre, but it's still like Americana but traveling, steel horse. He's not, Jack Nicholson looks weird on a horse. He does. And he's got, again, we were talking about it. He's got a face to be in a He's game. got a face for yeah. the Western. He's got a sort of that sun beaten. Yeah. look to him but danny talks man and this just isn't for the westerns man yeah that's fair you know he should be you know getting punched out in chinatown wait he's not an easy writer isn't that dennis hopper he produced it yeah. he's also in it for a very brief time okay clearly not what i meant though yeah. i confess dude what what's going on with me i need some like brain medication i'm like I'm all over the place. Do you have dementia just like M. Night Shyamalan's father <laughs> talking about this movie? I think it's this movie that does it, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, we found it. All right. This movie is is the version of the beach that makes you older. Dude. <laughs> so did we just do like an audio The Ring by playing that <laughs> yes, clip? Yes, we did. Like the listeners of this show are all going to start falling under the cloud of dementia. And how many days does it take? I can't remember. i'll give you a hint (laughs) seven days well i'm glad i had that audio clip ready to just oh yes i know (laughs) nailed it all right briefly i do want to uh, mention the movie that i watched last night um that ended up being a dud uh the beast must die from 1974 now last night i was perusing the uh severn back catalog and I came across this one because this one was interesting to me when uh, during the summer sale because uh, I like the cover art and it was a werewolf movie. And I was like, all right. So, but I decided that I wanted to screen it first. Yeah. And glad I did. Um, so here's the thing. This is a, this is Clue meets a werewolf movie. Yeah. 
So it's Clue with a werewolf, meaning that um, there is this very rich man who has an island, and um, I, I should say now for 1974, the the main character um, is is a African American male mm-hmm. uh, with a actually. I'm not going to say African-American because he has a British accent. So he's a black man. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) he's African British, maybe Uh, played by Calvin Lockhart. And he has, he's a very wealthy man who decides that again, the plot's a little weird where he decides that he's, he has curated uh, this group of seven people to come on his Island. And one of them is a werewolf. And so he's going to hunt them down. And, uh, frankly, the, most of this movie is boring, but there's a couple of really fun, weird things that happen. And ultimately the, my biggest disappointment with this is the werewolf. Do you know what the werewolf is? What? A dog. Oh, I'm, they just use a dog. I don't know. I'm kind of into that. Look at the poster. The poster's great. Yeah. Poster's pretty good. That's not in the movie. Now, here, when when we spoke to Terrell in the last episode, I, I always give him shit for, you know, movies looking too old, or they're too old. Y- you figured out why now. Because back in the 70s, or before that, definitely, they would always, like, Roger Corman everything, and, like, tease, like, oh, it's a werewolf, it's gonna be a reveal, it's fucking crazy. Like, did this movie have the interlude where it gives you a, a chance to guess who the werewolf is? So. I thought this was going to be great at the beginning because it shows it's got like five different uh, screens showing text of like, this movie is about a werewolf. You can guess who the werewolf is towards the end of the film. There will be a werewolf break. Don't reveal it, though. And then it was and then it gives you so you get to the werewolf break. (laughs) You don't want to tell you what's in the werewolf break. I'd want to hear the break. I don't want to know who it is. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, Also, that's not fully clear. To oh, a certain extent. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. Um, you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so the where when you get to the werewolf break, it's clear. They now they put the werewolf in right after uh we have a be- very big, important red herring moment. Like, like a cliffhanger. Yeah, and then you're like, all right. <laughs> it's time for the werewolf. Place break. your bets. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, we'll give you 30 seconds to figure out who the werewolf is is it blah 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 oh or is it blah 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 kind of into that what about blah 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 and it lists all the characters and then it says then it then a picture of a clock <laughs> shows up and they said all right 30 seconds it's like <laughs> download your fandango app and vote <laughs> oh and then it cuts to the movie after the werewolf break and then you know we we get to the conclusion finally but um, dude, yeah, th- there's no practical effects. It's just a dog running around. So it's it's a s- total waste. Which, but it's still better than like cutaway shit or not showing anything. Peter Cushing is in it and okay. he's interesting. Um, and they give him a little bit to do. But the, one of my favorite scenes is that there's a, a very prominent helicopter throughout this movie. And it is like that 1970s helicopter, <laughs> which I love. It's got, you know, the tail is like, um, it's just got the bars. Yeah. It doesn't have like that fiberglass or whatever over yeah. it. So yeah, just classic seventies helicopters. And that they had for a day. By the way, so the whole thing is that the, the, the main character, uh, Tom, um, is a, uh, world renowned hunter. Okay. He's a big hunter. 
the worst shot I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't hit anything in this movie. <laughs> it's wild. It's just, I mean, you've said so many chances to kill that stupid dog. <laughs> and he doesn't. But he shoots. He's just got like a regular rifle. Uh-huh. And he misses the dog. One shot shoots his helicopter. Explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is, why can't the movie be more of this? Wait, so how do they introduce him as like a world-renowned hunter? Because, okay. He's got so like an elephant on it's his actually, back? It's actually a little troubling how this thing opens up. Because it opens up with a black man running through the woods and white men hunting him. Oh, no. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is 1974, but I don't know where we're going right now. Yeah. And then the whole thing was a ruse. Because he was just testing out, there was... I, to be honest, I don't really know exactly what the, the point of that was, but he was just because they were all blanks, but he wanted to put on a show for okay. the people. At the, I, again, it's a little confusing <laughs> and very stupid. Um, Our old radio show. But it's not. Um, yeah, man. Missed opportunities here. It could have been fun. Like, I, I love that. I love that part of it. You know, I love the werewolf break. Yeah. Like, all that's fun, but the movie's not that fun. And again. That's why Terrell won't watch old films. Like you get burned one too many times and you just start cutting off anything that looks like sepia tone. You're like, I'm not fucking with that movie because it's probably fucking boring. Yeah. Yeah. I, or you start looking at the back and you're like, if I don't see a werewolf on here, I'm not, I'm not going in. Uh, but again, Severn putting that out would have been like, you know, they're, they're doing the boutique curator role. I would, uh, I don't know. I wonder what kind of um, bonus features they have on there. Oh, we gotta check it out. I know. They probably could have put it under Severn Kids, to be honest with you. It's, oh, P- it's PG. No blood or anything? No. Oh, there is There is a little bit of blood. Also, yeah, there's blood, but... The lead, Calvin? And bloody handprints. Um, The BBC black guy? Yeah. He, uh... Dude, look at the other movies he's been in. Predator 2, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Dude, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's probably a dude who you could go through his catalog and find some cool shit. Actually, there's a lot of weird stuff down here. All right. <laughs> Ooh, girl in a black bikini. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So I shouldn't watch it? It's, I mean, you know, it's hour 33 minutes. Honestly, you do with your time? to be completely honest, that seems like the type of movie I would only watch if Kai was showing it at the Balboa. Yeah. He comes out with the gong, intros the damn the thing. The poster's great. And that, but that dog's not in there. Yeah. It's annoying. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. All right. You're talking about a boring film. And I have what, uh, what people are calling incredibly boring, a bait and switch. And of course, uh, Randy's favorite film of what, two years ago? A ghost story? When was that? It's probably like four. It's mm-hmm. like four. It was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Because no. he came out with a movie in between that and this. Well, 2017. We got David Lowry back with uh, the Green Knight. Now I was very pumped. I I know I give A24 a lot of shit, but like, now, is this about greenhouse gases? <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you know? <laughs> also, Knight is spelled with an N, not a K. The Green Knight Shyamalan. The Green Knight Shyamalan. Now, man, I was really looking forward to a serious, like a deadly serious fantasy movie that was like slow cinema. Well, that's. You love that shit. I know. And featuring existential horror. Like, and you know what? Uh, he completely delivered there. It's beautiful. I, um, you know, I was having a conversation with um, Jasadi, who's been on the show before. He's, he, he shoots everything for us. And I was talking to him about lighting. 
in like the digital era. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm mostly only familiar with like black and white where you use light to break up your subject and the background and kind of like highlight elements. And then, you know, we go in the fifties with noir and you really play with shadow. And I'm like, what do you do now? Like, is everything just over lit? And he's like, well, now you, you don't light a set, you paint with it. So you really want to use the light to kind of bring out different colors. And like, it's not so much shadow play, but you know, the best way to put it is paint with it. And wow, the green knight is a perfect example of that. We, we get a lot of like nature shots with like, I mean, imagine a frame where there's uh, like foliage all around. And then we have a subject in the foreground and in the foreground, there's something. So we have like complete clarity and it's just like, I don't know. It looks like 4K color grade pixels firing. I don't know. I beautiful film. Yet one of our uh, buddies. Now I have to. Now, uh, whenever Randy was out of town and we needed an engineer, we had Eddie the Gamer Ghoul, aka uh, Bald Chris from uh, Barely Functional Gamers, <laughs> and he would come on. You might remember him. He gave me the best review ever from his mom, who lives in Seattle, and uh, not a not an A twenty four gal. She texted him and said, I'm going to see the Green Knight. And I said, quick, tell her not to. I know I know what the trailer looks like. It is not going to be for her. And he was just like, oh, I don't know. And then uh, she watched it and she came out and she said, the Green Knight, boring. And then she said, it felt like it should have been subtitled. And I, that was the best burn I've ever heard. Meaning foreign? Yeah. Like, she's like, this movie had the impression of a, you know, kind of like highbrow, lame film. And um, we went, God, we went with how many people we see it with? Like eight, ten? I think it was like eight. And it was one of those moments where everybody kind of came out and were like, what'd you think? Like, nobody wanted to be the first one to break the ice. Uh, Terrell was not a fan. Yeah, he was he was living for it at first. Like he was going, oh, oh, my God, like emoting halfway through that movie. I had to check and see if he was awake. Dude, are you are you going to check it out, Clark? Possibly. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to mull over. And I, I you know, I see the benefit in seeing it with the group because you get out there and you're like, hey, what you get to see, like what moments of this film really had impact. Now, I should mention the Green Knight. It's Arthurian legend, which they do not really set you up for They're, briefly in the beginning. They make reference to the sword and the stone like, oh, you know, uh, this isn't a tale of the sword and the stone that's somebody else's. And that's it. And you get kind of a deconstruction of the Knights of the Round Table. Like, you know, every time we see the Knights, they're at a big, giant, like, oak round table mm -hmm. sitting around. This one is like a singing a song, singing a song, <laughs> dancing around. This one is like a hollowed out circle that uh, kind of forms like a C. And you can walk up like in the middle, which actually becomes a beautiful uh, stage for a battle that happens later. But you're kind of in it. And. The way they film Excalibur without ever mentioning it's King Arthur or his sword, it gives it like a holy feel. They bathe it in light. Dude, beautiful fucking movie. And Randy, you saw it too. What would yep. you think? I also thought it was really, really good. Um, you know, I'm a very big David Lowry fan, so I kind of was already in for it. Um, but I'm not a fantasy person, so I, I was not skeptical, but uh, I didn't really watch any trailers or anything before going in. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, the beginning, they kind of set up sort of the lore, but yeah, they don't go a ton into like the whole like King Arthur thing, but I thought no, they did a fine job of like saying like what the plot is and like what the stakes of the movie are. 
um, Dude, and like kind of what the journey know, is. Did you know it was Arthurian? Only because I had read the like plot synopsis online. Okay. Otherwise, I probably would have had no clue. There's no hints to it. Not. Re- I mean, if so, I had to tell half the people we were there. Like, yeah, this is a, this is King Arthur adjacent, unless you know Gawain by his name. Yeah. Or like Morgan Le Fay, because they wait. Don't- is he from the famous Gawain brothers? <laughs> Gwen's world dude oh, um dude. no and it's it's kind of like an anti-hero story too uh-huh. so you could walk away from this movie and be like what what the fuck is this about what are you looking at your why note? the hell is the usps here on a sunday <laughs> okay dick <laughs> i'm gonna turn your mic off i'll tell you clark there's one thing you're gonna fucking hate about this movie that was the first thing i used to break no the titties cg <laughs> animal how bad i thought it was good it's uh, now randy i'll tell you it goes from great to utterly distracting yeah so the thing about the visuals in this movie which i think are like fantastic like you mentioned there's a lot of nature there's a lot of like seemingly very real um like foliage and like ground and stuff but there is cg in a lot of the shots yeah but he knows like how much to like leave out of focus or like what to kind of like focus on and for the most part, the CG Fox was kind of like out of focus. There is like, yeah, like you said, when it gets uh, kind of farther into the movie, it kind of has more focus on the Fox and there's some kind of like more close-up shots, which, yeah, I don't know. It kind of worked for like the the movie um, for me. But yeah, for the most part, it seemed like he, uh, he really had a, a very strong grasp of like how to work with cg and like natural things you, you know i i got a cg fox i completely agree with you yeah i think um why didn't you talk to our boy lars von trier and just okay. uh, borrow that one <laughs> now, that, me of that. that completely came up in yep. a, a shout out to jasadi who made a lars von trier reference right away and uh <laughs> ruined our highbrow conversation in the moment chaos Anyways, no the thing is when the fox is up close there are moments where it's like it looks amazing yeah. And you know there, but there are times where it's like in the background walking on a hill, and it's like, wow, you look like somebody trying to do like Shrek or something. Like it looked like distracting as fuck. But I don't know. I'm, I've been really interested. Um, talking about like Koji, uh, whose last name I can never remember. He did a record of Sweet Murder and uh, Noroi. He he's got this like use of digital monsters and spirits that are i've read theory where people think it's supposed to be confrontational kind of like harking to the 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 actual footage we're watching like it's supposed to make audiences aware and it's supposed to kind of take you out of the movie like there's there's themes there that i'm still like mulling over but in this film i felt like I think uh, David Lowry does that to an extent. Like there's a moment where uh, our lead runs into giants and yeah. at no point does it ever like feel like real or anything, but it also feels like very like ghastly. I don't know. There's a lot of like spiritualism in this movie and kind of like ghost sure. and, and legend. And dude, there's so much, there's so much to chew on here. There are yeah. color themes. What we're, It's a holiday movie. And the themes of red and green are major. Like, uh, oh, yeah. we, we're doing like Freudian philosophy here. Um, the role of like mother and father. We have Western juxtaposition of like city living versus rural living. Yep. And there's there's one shot where he goes out on his um adventure, and you see the like kingdom in the background. 
It couldn't be more fantasy-esque, like built on the side of a mountain, huge, all very like a lot of like castles and towers. Doesn't feel dumb. Yeah, it just agree. It feels huge. I don't know. I I really like this movie, but I again I would steer half of the people that we talk to about films away from it. Like maybe not on the podcast, but like on the street. Be like, don't, don't. You're gonna be angry when you leave. And yeah. you know, I mean, rightfully so. That trailer looked like a fucking Game of Thrones is back, baby. And yeah, yeah, it is very much a uh, a David Lowry film. It does feel like a very um, sort of like an internal movie and like about not really a coming of age movie, but kind of. There's a lot of just like internal struggle and sort of like self discovery potentially. Um, but like you said, there's also kind of like this anti-hero element and it almost seems like it kind of like is a denial of like the hero's journey um yeah i don't know it's 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 interesting yeah man i really want to go deeper into it yeah but i i I think like i haven't looked up any god it's making me cringe even this is the first time i thought about it but i'm sure youtube is full of the green knight explained and it's like man don't do yourself a favor steer away from that shit like really yeah. just live with this film and think about it and i think there's like a time and place for those type of movies like tenet for example <laughs> is what i would watch that and i had watched one of those but this like there is a lot of unanswered things but i think it's more interesting to just kind of like gnaw on it and kind of just think about the themes and also, not, I'm not going to spoil it, but the last five minutes of this movie, like, bumped it from, like, three and a half to, like, four for me. Yeah, totally get it. And, you know, the uh, narrative device there, I, I I was thinking a lot about it after because they do a storytelling thing that I'm kind of like, was mm-hmm. that fair? But I think it was earned through the movie. Again, this movie, you know how, what was that fucking hack Kevin Smith movie where they're like, the Lord of the Rings all about walking. It's a movie with walking. Clerks. I fucking hate clerks. <laughs> Again, anyway, this film has a lot of that. Like, it's, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's about the journey. And I tell you that every week on this show. <laughs> I know. And a lot of it, not a lot of dialogue. And, you know, I was. Unfortunately, we have a lot of that. In, in my seat, I was like. Dude, slow down a little. I need more time. Like it, like this was slow cinema, over two hours long, and I felt like I needed more time to really like deconstruct the scene that just happened. I don't think I've ever had that happen in a film before. But um, did you hear the? Did you hear a? There's a little conspiracy online, little rumor that he designed the round table to look like the Criterion C because he's hoping <laughs> that Criterion puts the movie out. Uh, that, come on. <laughs> Dude, that question came up in an interview I saw with him, and he was just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, sure. Weird. But uh, he did mention how he uh, became inspired to write the script, and I got a clip for you. Uh, this one's for you, Randy. found a box of old childhood possessions that contained all of my Willow action figures and was just setting them up. <laughs> I was just like making a, made a little, uh, a little diorama of them in my backyard, and thought to myself it'd be fun to make a movie about a night on a quest yep so he's playing with <laughs> his newly discovered willow action figures and uh it's like yeah i should make the green knight nice. also i mentioned um that tracking shot in old where it kind of seems like more time passes than like you're actually seeing in like the yeah. tracking shot there's a really cool one in this which i think you probably remember but yeah i remember yeah that was awesome. I remember. And you know what? I also, 
I when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, don't don't mention the Green Knight because I also thought it looked bad. But now that you're talking about like kind of outpacing the frame rates, I yeah. think you're right. I think it is kind of like a forced time passing quickly thing. Also, my favorite 360 spin around of a camera ever, Della Morte, Della More. I don't know if either of you have hmm. seen it. Man, no. I I had like such an emotional reaction to a camera spinning around. Like this, it's very different. It has to do with the relationship. Like an old. In. No, <laughs> it's a dude. Like it's a literal visual metaphor of like a guy going through a like breakup, and the camera spins, and it just resonated with me. Delamorte, Delamore. We we should watch it. I don't it's watch fucking that good. Jello shit. It's actually kind of kind of like Terry Gilliam does uh, Evil Dead. Mm. There's boobs in it. There's right, back nice. There's good boobs in it. You'll like it. <laughs> I know, and I, it's in a mortuary. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say, I do feel like The Green Knight is a good title. Yeah. And it should have been the title for the upcoming Ralph Nader documentary. Oh, my God. (laughs) It'd be very good. That's it. I'm done with the Green Knight jokes. (laughs) I've got no more green jokes. All right. All right. So, uh, what'd you rate this bad boy? Oh, what do you think? Take a guess. Four and a half. Five and a half. Really? Five? Uh, yeah, I actually had them reprogram Letterbox to add in an extra half. <laughs> Osachi, what'd you think about The Green Knight? I really liked it. I didn't, I didn't feel, it didn't feel long, even though I knew it was two hours. It was just, like, you could just keep watching it. It was a beautiful movie. Really strong cast, like half of the cast of The Witches in this movie. Um, oh, I, yeah. Both, both the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. The father plays the bad guy. Also, we didn't he's mention the Dev Knight. Patel plays uh, the main character, and he's really good in it. Yeah, I was about to say, how's my boy Dev? He's great. All the acting, I thought, was great. What's, what's Vikander do? Who's Vikander? That, she plays two roles. Oh. Yeah. Now, don't, don't get into that, Randy, because yeah. that was a big... Again, I think we're doing something Freudian there. If you I was smarter, it, I would know dude. about it. <laughs> no, you would know because it's very um, it, they're upfront about it. Yeah, dude, the, the movie's good, man. Actually, now now to having talked about it, I kind of want to go watch it again. Yeah, well, same. I have time. <laughs> My flight was just delayed. Oh, you got another three hours we could work. Fucking Dallas, man. It's always Dallas. <laughs> Why are you flying to Dallas? To I'm get not there? flying to Dallas. The plane is coming oh, in. Oh, okay. Dallas. Debbie does it. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Touch bullshit. I hate, I hate, I hate this. Okay. Um, oh, you didn't even talk about your little sexcapade, or did you? <laughs> oh, yeah, because, man, we spent a lot of time and energy on that before the show. and that, I told you to shut up about it. I told you multiple times. Go to my Instagram. I'll try to archive it. <laughs> oh, yeah, archive it. There you go. That's a good plug. So here's what happened. We'll briefly get into it. Um, occasionally, I will get, you know, it starts with, like, you know, you get a lot of political... Um, oh, we should do the breaking news thing. Like junk mail. Here we go. Breaking news. This is another segment of <laughs> Catfishing Clark. Oh, good. I like that. So I, I got a text message today from a number that I did not notice. And the text message said something akin to, um, hi, Andy. We matched earlier on Tinder a while back and I'm back in town. Do you want to meet up for coffee? Now, there were misspellings, <laughs> commas were where periods should be, and there were no periods. 
And so, even though I knew that this was a scam from the get-go, I was like, all right. You're like, what if? I just te- No, I just texted. <laughs> I said, um, not Andy. Think you have the wrong number. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then the reply came back a little later um, saying, I, I deleted it so it was a little hard to remember, but she, she said something like- I also heard you were a little hard. Ha ha. That's okay. You seem nice, though. <laughs> no evidence of that given whatsoever. Um, and then she asked, like, what are you up to? And I kept going back and forth with just, um, God, I now feel like I, my phone's in the other room. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know what I said. Just hit the, just do the abridged version. I don't remember. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was so happy about this exchange and he kept running in the room while I was trying to cut audio. And I'm like, wait, okay, okay. I get it. It's great. Let's talk about it on the show. And he went, no, no, we, we can do it again. And then he kept coming. He was showing me pictures. Okay. Okay. He was getting his Viagra out. He's like, I think I got a shot here. Incorrect. Bluetooth. <laughs> so. Yeah, sorry, the, Bluetooth. For the record, uh, this, I have archived it. Um, well, I've made it my active story in uh, Instagram, by the way. A lot of traffic. You understand? Ooh. Very, very. Human I traffic. I should have made this as like a regular post, and I may do that. So. It's really evolving. The first one said, nice to meet you. This is so funny, but you sound sort of sweet. You're not a weirdo, are you? Ah, ha, ha, question mark, equal sign P. Meaning, like, the eyes and the tongue out. Oh. You understand? And I said, I don't think I'm a weirdo, but I do have three warrants out for my arrest. Big misunderstanding. But we don't have to get into it. Mother never understood me, dot, dot, dot. A little hacky there, but. How is that hacky? (laughs) She said, ha ha, you're too much. I'm here for a couple days at my relatives, comma, comma, comma. I've been going crazy too long. The number two, comma, comma. Comma, comma, comma. Want to get to know each other. I need to do something. What do you like to do to occupy yourself, you? I said, sharpen my knives, deep clean my basement, watch shits creak. You know, you. And she says, I just got home from a long bike ride. I'm about to jump in the shower now. Want me to send you some more pictures? More? Comma, 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 question, question. Because she had sent a picture of herself before. Yeah, yada, yada, yada over that. Um, Comma, comma, comma. Also, you yada, yada, yada (laughs) over the punchline. So let me reread it. Okay. I just got home from a long bike ride. I'm about to jump into the shower right now. Want want me to show you more pictures? And I said, of what? (laughs) Then she sent a, a selfie of herself. Um, Good-looking right girl. Yep, yeah, you know, typical blonde. Blonde. She's showing some glasses. hips. Yeah, a little lower. You show, start- showing a little. Yeah, showing yeah. them hips there. Uh, the, the, with the bikini string. Mm-hmm. Now, but in the selfie, it's in front of a mirror, so you see her phone. So then I say, "What iPhone is that?" After she sends a selfie of herself, and then she says. Tell me what you'll do to me. (laughs) So now we're picking up. (laughs) She said, tell me what you'll do to me. I said, I'll improve your grammar for starters. (laughs) Her reply, swapping pictures get me wet. Then I sent a picture of Ricky Gervais in a bathtub with a Viking helmet on. (laughs) And a triple chin. And a triple chin. And I said, I'm in the bath. I'm already wet. (laughs) 
Then, then the next line, she says, I want to see your shaft. <laughs> Let me see what you're packing. Now, what I'm about to tell you is one of the most <laughs> fortunate, best timings of my life. And it's, it is unfortunate that this is the best timing that is ever going to happen to me. <laughs> because she says, let me see what you're packing. So I sent her a picture of my suitcase, <laughs> which I am currently packing because I am en route to Phoenix. That's so good. And then I said, here's what I'm packing, girl. And then her response was um, a topless picture of herself. <laughs> now, again, a, a topless picture of this person that they stole. Um, so the titties were out. And then I said, is that a skin tag? You should probably get that checked out. And then I shut down the conversation um, because it was just getting repetitive. And I was just waiting for the hammer to drop and the hammer wouldn't drop. And I said, I'm bored with this. You're starting to feel committed. You're like, I got to end this. Yeah, so I blocked it. <laughs> I had a, had a little bit of fun. had a little bit of fun. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, I'm sure once we are done recording. You want to tease Thursday's episode or not yet? I, I vaguely did in the beginning, but uh, yeah, we're going to have Thomas Burke come on. And for the 10th uh, TBR, we're going to hang out with them and talk about it. Also, he sent a movie that was in the middle of a franchise. Um, if you want to follow along, I don't know, this ain't a book club or anything, but it's the Blackwell ghost. So I'm going to try and get through them. I know, um, what they got four, four out. They're working on the fifth, but yeah, it's a great franchise and it's short. I think they're all for actually, I think Blackwell ghost just came back on Amazon for free. The first one, but the other ones are for rent. So yeah, if you want to follow along, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll have fun. Right. Also, just to put it out there, I'm really enjoying the two week. The uh, two episodes a week. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah. Good. Nothing. I don't know why. I, I like, I almost feel like we're putting out too much content, even though we're we doing, are. we're doing literally less than we used to though. Cause mm. those episodes were like near in three hours every time. Well, I mean, we're probably going to be an hour and a half today and an hour yeah. and a half on Thursday. And yeah. math would tell you this. Three yeah, hours. Touche. Right. <laughs> well, we hit last week. We were like an hour 10, maybe hour five. Yeah, well, we're we're one twenty right now. Yeah, all right, Randy, send us home. I would love to go to a beach that makes me old and just die there. So we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> God. <laughs> God. <laughs>